This is Inner Circle, the podcast for Channel 4's brand new reality TV show, The Circle. And it's slightly different tonight than it has been previously. There is no live show because we have a very special guest to talk to. Someone who has actually been inside The Circle. It's Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, how are you? Very good. And thank you very much for coming on and having a chat with us. You are more than welcome. I imagine it's been a pretty crazy few days since you got blocked from the circle and came into the into the real world again. It's been absolutely mad. It's been such a great experience, um, but but crazy at the same time, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to get back into the real world and get my body clock adjusted. <laughs> right, I've got so much I need to ask you, so much I want to get through, but I want to be totally honest with you from the start, and I don't think I'll be alone with this, but personally. I don't buy into the whole psychic thing. I'm happy to be proved wrong on all that stuff, but I am a non-believer. And like I say, there's more people like me out there, and I'm sure you'll be well aware of that. But I think it, for you, it was an incredibly ballsy thing to do, to go into a show on television where the premise is that you have to suss people out. And to go in that with the banner above your head, I'm a professional psychic that can read people, that's a brave thing to do, isn't it? I don't. I don't necessarily think of it as as being brave, and I think the reason I don't see it as, as being brave is because I have done what I do for for years, um, and some people on the outside world will know that you know I am booked up a year ahead. Um, I'm very successful at what I do. I've been very very lucky to do what I do, and I kind of wanted to go in there and kind of test my psychic ability. Right. It's not. It's not like an everyday situation in there. So um, it was somewhere where I could really kind of put that psychic ability to the test. Um, and it was fun doing that. It was great fun doing that. And it was, it was a lesson for me, I think, as well as others. And I suppose, if anything, it kind of shows that you believe in what you're doing because <laughs> you're going in there and you're prepared to do it in front of the world. Completely, completely. So you didn't need any convincing to go in there. With the audition process, did you put yourself forward or did Channel 4 approach you? Because obviously it's an interesting twist for them having someone with your background going into the circle. So I was I was told um, that, you know, thousands of people applied for the show. Thousands of people applied for mm. the show. Um, and I was told that they met, you know, different psychics. They met a lot of psychics. And... Um, they, uh, one lady said to me, you know, we felt that no one was coming up with anything, but they were very shocked by what I was able to pick up on people, right, okay. you know, and throughout that kind of audition process, if you like, the kind of things that I could come up with, the things that I did know, that sort of thing, they were very taken aback by it and quite, I think quite shocked because, believe me, that a lot of the producers working on that show weren't necessarily believers, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of them maybe have changed their mind since meeting me. But, um, yeah, I, I guess it was a good a good spin on kind of, you know, sussing people out and having that kind of ability to know who you're talking to, that sort of thing. What would you say was your biggest win for your time in there, your biggest read that you got on someone that proved to be 100% correct? Uh, I would say that, you know, on the, on the first evening when I went in, and obviously you have to take into account, you know, they, they film for 24 hours yeah. and that's crammed into an hour show. Um, but on the first night after meeting Freddie in the hangout, um, I spoke about how I knew, I knew one, that Christopher wasn't Christopher and was a woman. Yes. I knew two, that Kate wasn't Kate. I weren't sure who Kate was, but I knew it wasn't Kate. And three, I knew that somewhere among those other players, there was a gay man. I didn't know where that gay mm -hmm. man was. 
Um, but I knew somewhere amongst that there was there was a gay man. It's very difficult, and I'm sure you must be finding this watching the show now and seeing new people go in there. But it's very difficult on the outside to imagine the experience in there and seeing these people presented purely through the profiles they're presenting. Are you, you must be now you're on the outside. You must think things are much more obvious and much more flagged than maybe when you're in there and you are only oh, getting absolutely. what's being presented. You are literally, you know, people keep saying to me, did you bump into them? Did you hear them? When you are in there, you do not see anybody mm. else. You are chaperoned if you leave your apartment to go to the roof or the yoga room or anything like that. So you you don't meet anybody else. So all you have is literally that that photograph that they've chosen to share and what they've chosen to tell you. Mm. And obviously you're not hearing a voice. You're just seeing text on the screen. Um, and I went in there saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get close to anybody. I'm not going to make friends in here. I'm not going to meet these people. This is an experiment. Um, and after being in there, say, 24, 48 hours, you start to want that friendship. Yeah, you start of course. to want to make those connections. And so you start making those connections. And um, I think one of the most interesting people for me in there was Janelle. Because uh, although not everything has been shown between me and Janelle, me and Janelle didn't necessarily get on within that environment. Mm. Um, However, I kept saying psychically, I knew that I would get on with Janelle very, very well on the outside world. Now that I'm out and I've spoken to Janelle, we've been talking quite a bit. um, She's she's a great girl and she totally is the sort of person I would hang around with. And that, that amazed me in the sense of how meeting somebody through social media and having maybe not the best outlook on that person to meeting them on the outside and actually thinking, wow, I really like this person. It's it's crazy, absolute craziness. With Janelle and Dan, I think you did have some run-ins with them and it kind of stemmed from your support of UKIP and your love of Nigel Farage and they deliberately stirred the pot a little bit there by releasing some of the more extreme policies that UKIP had talked about recently. Do you yeah. regret revealing that side of your personality? Because potentially that led to you getting blocked ultimately. Absolutely not. Uh, I went in there to be 100% genuine and to do to do me. And I've walked out of there having done exactly what I said I was going to do. Um, I do have, um, you know, big views when it comes to Nigel Farage. I have big views when it comes to Brexit and things like that. And not everybody's going to agree with my views. Mm. Um, and some people will. And uh, nobody's, you know, nobody's wrong. We were given opinions. We weren't, we weren't, you know, saying anybody's wrong or anybody's right. We were just simply given opinions. And I know that when you start talking about UKIP um, and things like that, I don't agree with all of their policies. I'm very multicultural and I have friends that are multicultural, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, some people see it as being really far right wing politics, um, which sometimes it is. And so I knew that, you know, the viewers at home are going to be very, oh, my God, you know, and a lot. And I don't know why it is, but a lot of people say to me, oh, my God, you're a gay man. How can you support UKIP? And I think <laughs> that what people need to do when it comes to politics, I know as a 28 year old guy, my friends my age have absolutely no idea about it. What people need to do is kind of see the difference between the media politics and the actual genuine politics because what the media portray and what the realness is are two completely different things on the politics front as you're a UKIP supporter 
Can you tell us what's going to happen with Brexit? Because no one else, even Theresa May, has got the slightest clue. So can you and Cathy come up with a little hint? Uh, we will believe in the EU. We will believe in the EU. And I think it will be an absolute disaster. And I think that... That's um, something to look forward uh, to. <laughs> do you know, it's only yesterday, because I do like politics, I mm. watch it a lot. And yesterday I watched Theresa May's speech after coming out to Dancing Queen. And I just, you know, I just, you sit, don't you, and you watch, and you think, this woman has not got a bloody clue what she's doing with our country. Yeah, you don't need uh, to be a psychic to tell that, Ryan. <laughs> but you absolutely don't need to be psychic to tell you any of those things, you yeah. know. Um, and, uh, yeah, I find it I find it fascinating. And I think that, you know, I always say to people, I'm not saying I'm a fan of, of these things. I'm not saying I'm a fan of Donald Trump. I'm not saying I'm a fan of UKIP's leader at the moment or UKIP's policies. Um, because I'm not completely a fan. It's Nigel Farage I'm a fan of. But I think when we voted for Brexit, when the Americans voted for Donald Trump, it doesn't matter what they were voting for. The stronger message behind all of that was we were all voting for change. And it was things aren't good how they are. We're not happy with how things are. Let's try something different. We need to do something different. And I think that's the strong message we should focus on and get out there. We're beginning to sound like a Radio 4 podcast rather than a podcast on the circle. So let's get back to the matter at hand. Let's get back to the show. Tell me what it was like in those apartments, because you've already mentioned that you're being filmed for an extremely long amount of time, 24 hours, and it's being crammed into an hour. Was it boring in there? What was the communication device? Because we're presented with this really slick messaging system where someone talks, the text appears instantly, someone replies, and it's kind of, it's virtually a conversation. Was that, is that how it's presented when you're in there? Is that what it's like talking to people? Okay, so obviously you're, you're in an apartment and um, you do have, you know, you do see other people in terms of production runners, stuff like that, when you're mm. going from one room to another. Um, you know, they do talk to you to make sure you're still sane. They check that you're okay and all those things. So you do have conversations with with people, yeah. um, but you are. But I have to say, those people tell you absolutely nothing about anybody or mm-hmm. anything on the outside world. You've got no time. You've got no idea what the time is at all. Um, in terms of the, the the circle system, I was I was quite impressed actually with how messages did send and did go quickly and all of those things. Um, obviously, everything you're doing on that system is is, is watched whilst you're having those conversations. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was thick. You know, it was thick. It's it's um, it's difficult sometimes to get to say exactly what you want to kind of say. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't a it wasn't. There were times where you were sitting there, you know, reading a book or you know making dinner or whatever, and you're thinking, you know, right now I would like to put the TV on, I'd like to put some music on, I'd like to pop down the pub and see me mates, you know, all those sort mm. of things. So there are those moments where you are a little bit bored, um, you know, or a bit frustrated, or you feel a bit kind of, oh god, I'm I'm, I'm enclosed in this in this place. But I have to say credit to the production guys, they really do look after you, really did look after us, um, and you can't complain about them. Do you have people asking you questions? Because when I've been watching it, people are very good at commentating on their own internal thoughts and verbalising that. So are you prompted in that way or are you just sort of told, try and talk us through the process of your messages, try and react to things out loud before you go in? I think when you're in there, you, um, you know, you are encouraged to speak to your thoughts. Mm. So, you know, like when, when, me, when me and you are having a conversation... There are things that you are thinking that I don't hear. There are things that I'm thinking that I don't hear. And obviously for the viewer at home, 
they want to hear what you're thinking. Yeah. So um, you're not you're not made to say things. You're not made to talk about your thoughts. You're encouraged to talk about your thoughts. And when once you get into that, once you've been in there for you know several hours, and it's it, it's amazing how quickly you get engrossed. And when you do see a message that you don't like, it becomes very natural to just turn around and say. What the hell is that person on? Mm-hmm. And you are, and I think the fact the fact that you don't type, the fact that you talk to the screen, it makes you talk anyway. And so you do, and you do talk out loud. It's, it's a very natural thing. You're not forced to go, okay, Ryan, now tell me what you think of this. You know, it's not like that. Um, you're, you're just talking about what you're experiencing, what you're seeing, that sort of thing. You talk about the boredom, and I don't mean this in a facetious way. So excuse me if it comes across that way. But okay. does having a spirit guide, did having Kathy with you alleviate the boredom? Is it that kind of relationship? Is it like having someone that you can communicate with, someone you can talk to? Obviously, it's like having company. It's like having someone to talk to. Now, I wouldn't normally speak out loud to, to Kathy, so mm-hmm. I don't walk down the street having a conversation out loud with her. <laughs> well, um, if you did, I know. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't been locked up yet. But, um, I, uh, you know, I obviously have conversations with Kathy, and, um, you know, it's all kind of done in the mind. Um, I think the reason why I wanted to talk out loud about Kathy and speak about that, again, it was kind of for the viewers to kind of see that, you know, I mean, there were times we were doing ratings and what I felt and what she felt, they're totally different things, right. you know. Um, and obviously, again, as as a human, forget a psychic thing, in that environment, you become paranoid, you become aware of things, you read into things, you overanalyze everything that's being said to you. As a medium, she would be, you know, as a psychic and as a medium, as a spirit guide, she will be talking about real life things. So, you know, I might be overanalyzing the fact that Dan has just said, I do not like you, mm. whereas Kathy will be seeing this as a, you've not actually met this person. It's not he doesn't like you. It's just, you know, he's, he's frustrated with what you've just said. So kind of it provides a balance to your opinion, I guess. It's kind of like a sounding board. It does. It does, definitely. It, it, it kind of makes you see things. You know, if you look at a box, I'm somebody that probably just looks at one side, which is normally what I think. Mm. But having that kind of makes you look at every side of that box, you know, um, and looking at kind of every angle. What was your best and worst moments from your time in the circle? My favourite moment, I love... I love debates. I love people sharing their opinions. I love people. I went into the circle and I found the first couple of days very tiptoey, very kissing each other's backsides, yeah. very kind of like, you know, oh, you're lovely and I love you and all this. And I thought, gosh, how can you love these people you don't know? You know, you don't know. And no one was given any opinions. And it was at that conversation of you, Kip, where I said, you know, I'm sick of people sitting there. Let's just have an opinion. It's okay to have an opinion. Mm. Even if your opinion is completely not what my opinion is, tell me your opinion. Let me get to know your opinion. And uh, from watching the show back, um, I do feel that that's when things started to kind of kick off a bit. I completely agree with you. I have an automatically mistrust of people who don't have opinions. People who are just nice all the time. I'm very yes, conscious very of people like, like that. that. And I suppose you're being presented yes. with that constantly. Yes, it was very like that. You're constantly seeing, oh, you look amazing. You sound amazing. Mm. Your view is amazing. Give an opinion. Turn around and say, I don't like this. I don't agree with this, you know. And it was really great because as, as my journey in there, you know, I was in there for eight nights. As, as my journey went on and on, people's opinions were starting to come out. And then I thought, yes, now 
now we're talking now. I, I, I guess when you're in there, and you've got to remember, in the job that I do, speaking to people day in, day out about their loved ones that have passed over, the worst parts of their life, all of those things, yeah. I'm used to having very deep conversations with people. I found the conversations in there at the beginning very shallow and very weak. And I struggled with that. Uh, but that got easier because people started to then open up a bit more, give their opinions, not be afraid if everybody didn't agree with them. Mm. And um, so I started to enjoy it more at that point. Which I suppose is a good reflection of social media. That's what the show is all about. It's a very shallow Absolutely. place, isn't it? It is a very shallow place. I mean, we played a game in there uh, where you had to choose either the public profile picture or the player's mm. profile picture. And uh, I have to say, I wasn't comfortable with that because I just thought, this is so shallow. And uh, it was funny because um, a couple of the guys on, on there said to me, you know, Ryan, this is what Tinder's like. You've not done Tinder. You've been with your partner for nine years. <laughs> I was like, this is what Tinder's like. I'm not swiping because <laughs> I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> right then, Ryan, one big question before you go. Who's going to win this thing? Who's going to win? Do you know, everywhere I go, everybody I talk to is asking me, Ryan, who is going to win? If, if, I, if I knew 100%, and, and I think this is where some of my predictions have got a little bit confused maybe um, on there because I did say I wasn't 100%, but maybe, Dan, that was an opinion, not a psychic prediction. Yeah. I've had no prediction. The minute I have a prediction, it will be all over the uh, social media. Who I would like to see win, I would absolutely love to see Alex or Dan Okay. Uh, go to the end. That's interesting. Uh, what, what, why Alex? Which is not what people expect. No. Um, I think I think Alex um, has had a really tough time. I think you know. Firstly, I was very homesick in there, and I missed my other half because you have no contact. You're all in hiding before you go in there for a period of time. And um, I think I would like I would like to see him because I think he's had to deal with that. I think he's had to play this part, and I think it's quite hard to do what he's done. Um, I think if you were to try catfishing, it, it's not as easy as it looks. Um, mm. And he's also playing catfish with people that are not necessarily gullible either. So I think in that sense, he's played a really good game and done really well. I like Dan. I like who Dan is. Um, I like Dan's opinions. I think Dan is, is quite genuine, although I think he's a great game player. At the same time, mm. he knows what he's doing. Uh, but if one of those two won, I would be, I would be happy. Alex, you're... T- Alex. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you're a top man. Thank you very much for talking to us today. It's been you very insightful welcome. finding out a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes. If I know you do kind of readings and stuff over social media, essentially. You do stuff over Skype and Facebook if people want. If they want to talk to you in person and book a reading, how do they get in touch? Absolutely. My website is ryangooding.co.uk. All the details are on all of my social media platforms. Um, I do a lot of live readings on social media so people can see me at work beforehand. So uh, come and say hi, guys. Come and check it out. Ryan, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much and good luck in the future. Thanks for having me. Cheers, you too. Take care. That's it for tonight's episode of Inner Circle. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get what is left of our shows before it finishes in just a couple of days' time. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Circle Pod for even more Circle Chat. We'll see you next time.